Welcome in to the Scoop Podcast, brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right, welcome into the Scoop. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by Don Callahan. This is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. And remember, guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And, of course, subscribe to Inside Carolina's YouTube page. Don, happy Monday, week one. What's going on, buddy? Uh, happy Monday. That's, that's the best way to describe it. You're getting started. My, my, my Monday, my week with Ross Martin can't be better, you know? That's right. We're recording on Monday, just a little scheduling stuff because of what's going to happen this week with, with game stuff uh, and with some recruiting content. So we need to get ahead of it. Um, we're going to jump right into the stuff. Of course, this is week, I guess, week zero for UNC football. They kick off against Florida A&M on Saturday. But before that, UNC had a commitment this week from Joshua Horton, a defensive tackle. And that happened on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then UNC is going to have three other um, announcements, potential commitments this week. So two of those are happening on Wednesday. Uh, Amari Campbell, a linebacker out of Virginia, and uh, Paul Billups, a wide receiver out of Virginia, are announcing on Wednesday. And then Kavion Keys, who visited UNC a, a while back, uh, a linebacker out of Virginia, so that all Virginia kids, um, is announcing Saturday. So we wanted to go get this podcast into your feed and on YouTube, so you'll have a couple days to consume it before those announcements on Wednesday, and we want to talk about Joshua Horton. Sound good, Don? Yes, sounds great. Okay, and we're also going to talk about uh, Kevin uh, Concepcion, commitment to NC State, and also get into some some team stuff at the end to kind of preview the season uh, since it is game week, and this is a recruiting show. We also touch on the team because recruiting feeds the team, right, Don? It it does. It's the lifeblood. There you As go. they say. Love it. Um, of course, we're brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. We'll talk about that more uh, a little bit later in the show. All right, right into it on the scoop here. Joshua Horton committed to UNC on Friday. Six foot five, 290-pound defensive tackle from Langston Hughes uh, High School in Fairborn, Georgia. Uh, you know, a low three-star guy, 841 in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, 96th-ranked defensive tackle. 84th player in the state of Georgia. Don, um, break down this commitment. You know, what happened? Uh, what led him to pick UNC? And then we'll get to him as a player as Joshua Horton joins UNC's 2023 recruiting class. So basically, you know, he, he had a top 10 that eventually got dwindled down to a top three. And he took official visits to those three schools in June as North Carolina, UCF, and Auburn heading into June. There was a lot of talk about Auburn, a lot of talk about UCF, um, not a whole lot of talk about UNC. And even after the fact, he kind of admits that UNC wasn't really, you know, wasn't really a factor in his recruitment. I think he actually told me that they were probably outside of his top five. But then he took that official visit, which was his final official visit the last weekend of June. And that completely turned his recruitment on its head. And North Carolina became his leader. At the time, he had planned on taking his recruitment into the fall, taking additional visits, and then making a decision. And then I guess in July, he kind of hit the brakes and decided, you know, North Carolina was a place for me. 
and set the announcement for this past Friday and announced for North Carolina. There you go. And UNC gets a big bodied guy. That's the whole thing here. You know, this guy isn't a high rank four or five star guy. He's a, a guy with a frame, a body, a project to some extent, someone yeah. who can develop into a, a a player, maybe as a junior or senior, maybe as a retro sophomore, something like that. What is UNC getting with Horton? Six foot five, 290 already. So the frame's there, the weight's there. Um, floor is yours, Don. So I think you hit on it. I mean, the main thing with him is that he is a big body uh, and he has athleticism with that body. You know, he moves really well. Uh, the other the other item I would add is that he plays for one of the top programs in the state of Georgia. Um, Hughes went all the way to the state championship and lost in the state championship game. Have Has, I think, like three other guys on his team that are power five players. So, um, you know, in practices, he's going up against some of the best recruits um so but you know like you said he's he's a he's a bit of a project he's going to take some time to uh to develop uh, but the tools are certainly there you can't teach 65 290 he's going to have to add some some weight some good weight um and and right now he plays more of an end position as high school but he'll kick inside on the college level so is this kind of a um scholarship that would have gone to jamal jarrett I think that they would have taken him regardless. Taken Horton. Taken Horton, yeah. Taken Horton regardless. I mean, I think there's, you know, that he is a guy that the staff just really liked regardless. Um, you know, but I mean, obviously they would have loved to have had Jamal Jarrett. Yeah. And so with uh, Joshua Horton, he is now like the second big body defensive lineman along of Joel Starling, six foot five, three ten out of Richmond, Virginia. And of course, UNC has three edge players committed to, but those guys are going to be the smaller kind of jack or, or rush in. So two big defensive tackles committed. Are they going to go for another one? Who else is on the kind of the radar? So uh, for the most part, they're probably done. I mean, there's Desmond Umazulu, who he's an edge rusher guy who's who's announcing next week. Okay. Um, but that will probably go in a different direction. Um, still though, UNC's involved, but I mean, really, he's not. Um, yeah, he's not a D tackle like like uh, Horton. So it's a completely different position. There you go. So this is 15 commitments now for UNC. Remember, they had a player decommit. Uh, what two weeks ago? Who was that guy's name again? Zach. Um, Toby. Zach Toby. Barely knew ya. UNC's class is ranked number 26 in the nation right now. Um, there's a chance they add. A couple more commitments um, this week to kind of get ahead um, before the season starts. And I meant to do this at the top of the show, Don. And we need to talk uh -oh. about this. The elephant uh -oh. in the room. The elephant in the room. Oh, no. What is you, this? You went on another podcast. Oh. And, and talked <laughs> and talk recruiting. And, like, did uh, superlatives, which is, like, what we do sometimes. Let's yeah. get – I want to hear your case first. You know, um, and, I – We'll explain what it was. It was uh, Vip's podcast, <laughs> you know, and I've noticed that you've gone on other podcasts and just kind of act like this podcast didn't matter during those times. And so, you know, I bumped into Vip while I was in Charlotte. He lives in Charlotte, you know, and we had lunch. Lunch led to other <laughs> things. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm on his podcast. There you go. How quickly that relationship develops, you know, you meet bump into each other <laughs> you exchange numbers the next thing you know you're on his podcast 
Uh, no, I actually listened to it. It was good. Um, I listened to it at 1.25 speed. Um, Don and Taylor Vipolis breaking down recruiting superlatives for all of Don's history covering UNC football recruiting. So there was, what, about 20 or so superlatives y'all went through. Uh, definitely check that podcast out, um, Don and, and Taylor. Um, yeah, yeah you, but you got the competition too now. I got my my, my buddy Adam. That's on, what I hear. I Adam have not, on the beat. That's what and, everyone keeps on telling me. Watch out for Adam. He's going to steal your man and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. And now I'm doing a, a show with Jeff Schottmer. I know. Look at that. And so I'm doing a weekly show. Just a little promo here. We're actually recording right after this. Which is, this is early Monday morning. It's so what's the Jeff show? Because I know you've. You've mentioned it in passing with me, yeah, but this would so be a good it, idea to kind of pro- promote Yeah, it. it happened really quickly, you know, kind of off of him appearing on our show. Um, Jeff expressed some interest in in doing a, a show, podcast with us. Uh, feelings were mutual. Um, Jeff's obviously a very bright guy who brings a lot, having played and coached at UNC. So we're bringing him on to do a weekly show. It's gonna We're going to record it Monday. It's going to air Monday. It's video only right now. I would... I mean, this is not really my place, but I would love for it to be a podcast as well because that's how I consume content. I don't watch videos as much. I, I listen to a podcast while I run or work out or clean or whatever. Um, but we just have so many podcasts. You, you kind of only release one a day is kind of how the the deal works. But it's video right now, um, and it's going to be recapping games. It's going to be recapping recapping the, the game that was on Saturday. Um, it's going to be talking about, you know, certain plays certain drives inside the huddle inside the coaching room inside the position rooms um and really getting a really in-depth x's nose analysis on the team because look he coached these players last year as, yeah. as we talked about on our podcast so looking forward to getting that started we'll do a preview show uh recording it today this is monday you'll probably hear it tuesday wednesday and then after that it'll be after every game on monday then we're going to skip the bye weeks leading into a game but of course we'll recap every game so it's called Calling the Shots with Jeff Schottmer. All right. Okay. That was great. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe the best duo for hair in the podcast world. <laughs> okay. All right. Life goals, I guess. There you go. All right. This week, Don, you want to just lay it out? What's going on this week with recruiting? And then we'll talk about each person. Uh, yeah. So, so, so we're just talking – well – you don't want to get into uh, Concepcion yet? Let's do that. Let's do that after this. Yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah. So Wednesday we have Paul Billups, okay. wide receiver from uh, Virginia Beach, uh, making his announcement. You know, he's down in North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Michigan State. Okay. Also on Wednesday, I'm uh, still trying to find out details as far as time and how he's going to do it and all that. Billups is actually doing a ceremony. Um, Amari Campbell linebacker from northern virginia i know you, you say virginia we feel like they're close northern virginia virginia beach almost they're basically different states okay. uh but he's down to north carolina maryland and west virginia okay. and then we have Kavion keys who is announcing on saturday which is his birthday is also the day of unc's opener which is so it's not a great day to choose this is the funny thing fans think that that mac brown chooses when these kids announce and everything i promise you mac brown did not want kv on keys to announce on unc's home opener but anyway <laughs> yeah because it's like announcing on a holiday you don't get as much attention you yeah, want to announce I mean, on you announce when nothing else is going on because it brings UNC a little bit into the, the news cycle. Absolutely. And then the whole KC announcing last week thing was just 
terribly done as far as from a promotional standpoint, but that's completely separate. But uh, anyway, okay. um, so Keys is down to um, North Carolina and Penn State, essentially. I think Virginia Tech's also a finalist, but I mean, this is coming down to North Carolina and Penn State for Keys. Okay, cool. Let's get into each one a little bit here. So Paul Billups, I recognize the name, um, connections to Dre Bly, a six foot two, 185 pound wide receiver from Western Branch High School in Chesapeake, VA. Now, is that Dre Bly's high school? Yes, Dre okay. Bly's high school. So cool. it's it's not just Dre Bly's area. It's his, it's his high school. And as I've mentioned a bunch of times on this podcast, Bly is, you know, you go walking around 757 and you definitely hear the name Dre Bly. There's there's uh, parks, Dre Bly Parks really? um, Stadium. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the major stadiums that they actually play in um, growing up is Dre Bly Stadium, which is great. I mean, he gave back to the community a lot. You know, and, mm-hmm. and also on top of that, like uh, Bly's sister is a is a teacher in the area and mm-hmm. he has other, you know, other different things. And it's one of those areas where everybody kind of stays there. You know, you grow up there, you stay there. So a lot of the, the dads now, you know, they play with Dre Bly, you know, through Pop Warner and high school and all that. But anyway. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So he's uh, ranking here 24-7 sports composite, 627 in the nation, number 80 wide receiver, number 14 in the state of Virginia. Paul Billups, um, we got his finalists. Go through them again real quick. Uh Michigan State, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. Okay, and he's six foot two. What kind of player is Paul Billups, and what could he potentially bring to UNC if he were to commit to the Tar Heels on Wednesday? So, I think we're just in a nutshell. He's an out tall, long outside receiver, but I think he brings some athleticism because I think a lot of times when you think of that, you think of this guy just jetting down the sidelines. But um, you know, he's the type of guy who can catch those tunnel screens and and get some yardage um has great instincts play db also um you know some people mentioned hey he would be a great db and he could but i think he's an even better wide receiver i think that if had this kid gone to more of the camps um he probably would have his ranking would probably would have been higher i mean we have him as what a high three star i think he has four star abilities um, just with his frame and his size. I mean, I guess he did go to some of the camps, but, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's an outside receiver who has some playmaking ability. So was this guy a take even with uh, Concepcion if he would have committed to UNC? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, because Concepcion was was a or is a um, inside guy. Okay. And Billups is an outside guy. And, 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 you know, it's easy to – I always say it's easy. There are a lot more inside guys. There, there feels like there's a lot more, you know, 5'11", 6-foot wide receivers than there are 6 – was he listed? 6'2", 6'3", six six yeah. you know, um, guys who can, can take the top off of defense. Okay, and UNC has Chris Culver committed at 6'3", uh, 174, outside guy, and then Christian Hamilton at six foot one seventy five. So if – um, Paul Billups commits to UNC. He'll be the third wide receiver in UNC's class. Okay. Yes. All right. Are you going to that ceremony? Um, Paul I Billups. don't. I don't know yet. Okay. All right. Moving on. Amari Campbell. I remember this guy when he when he uh, visited. Uh, linebacker, six foot, six foot two fifteen. Unity Reed High School in Manassas, Virginia. Um, unranked in the composite, but the 103rd ranked linebacker in 24-7 sports. 
number 38 player in the state of Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, West Virginia. Um, what's going on with Amari? What, what would he bring to you and see if he were to commit? So he's another one of those guys took three official visits in June, Maryland, West Virginia, North Carolina. Wanted to commit, I believe, I believe his birthday is at the end of August. Okay. So he wanted to kind of do it close to his birthday. It's not actually on his birthday. I think this was the the latest that he could have done it without it affecting his uh, football season. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the important thing with this, we talked about the Dre Black connection with Paul Billups. Well, Tommy Thigpen played in this area when he was in high school and actually played against um, Campbell's head coach. So there, there's that connection. They have, they have a, um, mutual respect between the two, which is key as far as what he brings. I mean, this is a, you know, that, that traditional Mike linebacker, you know, he's not the tallest kid, but he's mm-hmm. thick. He hits hard, um, loves to kind of stick his nose in there. I mean, whatever sort of cliches you want to throw in there for a Mike linebacker, that's what he kind of fits. Okay. Amari Campbell, um, I mean, it just seems like UNC is in that range of beating out Virginia, Virginia Tech, maybe State, Maryland, West Virginia, you know, maybe South Carolina here or there. That's kind of where this class, that's kind of where they are. Yeah, you said it, not me. Is that – I mean – Yeah, I mean, I think – kind of, This is the truth. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think that North Carolina is is a lot of these battles are between that group of schools. You know, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, NC State. And I know that Tennessee, Tennessee, um, I know the fans feel like they should be competing against Clemson and and Alabama. But the fact is, this is kind of where the class is. Yeah. It's a great point, Don. Okay. Mari Campbell, he's announcing on Wednesday. Okay. And we got one more on Saturday, and then we're going to take a commercial break. Kavion Key is another linebacker, a little bit longer, six foot three, two hundred five, from Varina High School in Richmond, Virginia. Is that right? Yes, Varina. Uh, and this is a higher ranked kid, twenty four seven Sports Composite, four star, three nineteen in the nation, number twenty four ranked linebacker, number fifth player in Virginia. So this is a, a high level kid. Um, as Don said earlier, Penn State, Florida was in there, Virginia's in there, and UNC. Is this the guy who plays baseball? Or is that someone that's already committed? No, it's a, that's um, Caleb Cost gotcha. is committed. Oh, because it's the two C's and it's the two K's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little confusing. Well, actually, the Caleb is a K-C because Caleb he spells C. it with a Yeah, just like my Caleb. Um, yeah, this this is a kid from a, from a athletic standpoint, more dynamic of a linebacker, you know, okay. more of an outside guy, but definitely has the, the, the tenacity to play inside. But very rangy, um, as much long, um, more playmaking ability. I mean, you know, you look at his rank, he's a four-star guy. Um, as far as his recruitment, you know, he took official to North Carolina very early on. I think, was it? Yeah, so it was that first weekend of yep. June. Mm-hmm. And I think UNC set the bar very high at that point. Um, but I think he still wanted to kind of explore. Well, I think he struggled between exploring his options and just kind of ending his recruitment. He ultimately decided to to explore his options, which included an official visit to Penn State the last weekend of June, which okay. really kind of muddied his recruitment. Virginia Tech's in there, and as I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's much of a factor other than just more of a nuisance than anything else because he's going to pick either North Carolina or Penn State on Saturday. Okay. 
And are you going to go up for this one? I, I mean, he, I don't. He doesn't have any sort of announcement planned, as far as I know. And but be, yeah, but it's going to be very difficult for. I, I imagine I will not be going to that one just because UNC plays that night. You know, I just I don't know how it could work out for me. Okay. Um, I mean, it's like three hours away. And, and you, you, you got to be in Chapel Hill to take photos of recruits on campus for the game. I got to be in Chapel Hill to cover the game. Yeah. You're so sketchy sometimes. <laughs> Can you not take photos of recruits at games? I mean, I just go to games to cover up the game. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, we got a couple things after the break. We're going to talk about Kevin Conception. Give me a Cincy State. We'll talk about that briefly. I also have a question from a um, a loyal listener who actually sent to me, and it's a good kind of discussion question. We'll get into that, and then we'll talk um, team stuff with the game coming up on Saturday. We're going to have Don pick the season, pick UNC's record, pick each game. We'll go through that, um, and I'm also going to have Don go through how he preps for a game day. Oh boy! You know, load up the cargo shorts with uh, <laughs> your, your different, uh, you know, your different cameras. Uh, do you wear a tie? Do you wear the button down? We'll get into it right after the break. First one talked about Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com, guys. It is game week, so make sure you head to Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street and online at JohnnyT-shirt.com. And remember, all Inside Carolina premium subscribers get ten percent off with the discount code found on the message board. Use that code, get 10% off, a couple t-shirts, a couple sweatshirts, a jersey for your kid, a jersey for yourself, um, anything you need for tailgating. Look, you show up with a buddy, buddy doesn't have a UNC shirt, roll over to Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a good scene on Friday and Saturday. Get a, a game day polo, get a jersey, get a t-shirt, get a sweatshirt, get yourself all set up for the season at Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. Pick up uh, a toy for the kids, a football Anything you need right on Franklin Street, Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Remember, all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off. Check them out. Support local, support us, support them, um, alumni-owned, and right there on Franklin Street. Play some national ads and get back with more from Don on the On The Scoop podcast. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back on the Scoop Podcast, brought to you by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Guys, also shout out to Blue Shark Vodka. They're back sponsoring Inside Carolina, Inside Carolina podcasts and videos. They are going to be the title sponsor of Shot Caller found, or no, sorry, Calling the Shots on Inside Carolina's YouTube page. We went back and forth between those two names. Um, and we're, they're also going to be uh, one of the sponsors for the On the Beat. Thought I'm going to give them a quick shout out here on the Scoop. Don, 
during the break, I heard a sound. What was it? What's going on at the, uh, at the, was, the, man, the man tower? I was yelling at my kitten. I woke up this morning and there was chicken wings in my hallway because he had gotten into my uh, my trash can <laughs> and he steals the chicken wings. And so I, I cleaned it up before I rushed up here. That was one of the issues this morning. And so, um, so yeah, he was go- trying to go back into the back. And as you know, we're kind of like, you know, tied. Yeah, to you're tied computer. in, yeah. So, yes, I got to handle that. That's a very Don story. As for, man- as for the people who, who enjoy hearing about my, my pet stories. Yeah, I mean, it's the least pl- surprising thing that you're a cat guy. Um, a very Don story. Chicken wings left out. Cat gets in it. You're podcasting <laughs> with, a, with the Philadelphia the Flyers. Wings were, the wings were in the... Um, in the trash can, he had dug yeah. them out of the trash I mean, can. I mean, I'm sure you ate them. I know you're a big wing guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I definitely ate the wings. That w- wings aren't surviving a surviving more than a couple hours in the Dallas <laughs> household. All right, um, let's get into Kevin Concepcion. I don't know, you take it wherever you want it. Uh, it was back and forth between a classic NC State UNC battle. Um, a, a wide receiver that UNC was very wanted, um, and you know, back and forth between UNC. There are rumors that he had cooled on state at some point. Um, he visited UNC when I was there for the scrimmage. What happened for him to commit to NC State? And then any insight into, I don't know, that the recruiting battle there? I don't know. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll try to make this quick as possible. Um, although we're good on time. But yeah, um, yeah so I mean, he, North Carolina State offered him last summer. And yeah. And then um, I can remember talking to him and he expressed that, you know, he, he always wanted a North Carolina offer. North Carolina definitely kept him warm throughout, but they didn't offer UNC didn't offer until February. So during that whole time, like, like State, this, like this, this February, this past February. Yes. Got it. So this that entire time, NC State was able to build a lead, you know, and was able to because, I mean, this, this is very common for recruits. You're going to visit the schools who have offered you more frequently than the schools who haven't. So he basically doubled up his visits to NC State. Um, I don't know exactly what point, but at some point he became close with Lex Thomas, the quarterback commit um, from NC State. Both brothers played NC State. And that ultimately ended up playing a big role in this too. But, um, you know, he, from, from what I've gathered and talking to multiple sources, he, he, so he, the one weekend in, in June, uh, it basically heading into June, this basically became a North Carolina NC State battle. There's some other schools, but for the mm-hmm. most part, that yeah. was all noise. Going into June, he spends an entire weekend at NC State. All the while, he's spending the night at Lex's house. Not a good sign for North Carolina. Um, then, you know, I think it was two weeks later. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, a week later, he takes his official to NC State. And from what I was told, he was basically done, but. He wanted to kind of go through with his UNC official visit as a courtesy to Lonnie Galloway, who he has a great relationship with, and also to North Carolina a school that, that he grew up rooting for. Mm-hmm. Takes the official to, to North Carolina, and that completely changes his recruitment to the point where, you know, I believe that he came close to maybe even making a commitment before he left Chapel Hill. Really? But yeah, yeah. Silent, yeah just, silent commitment. Well, I don't think he ever did anything, but I think it came close to that. That's how okay. that's how much he enjoyed his official visit. Okay. Then he goes, um, obviously goes home, kind of thinks things through. Let's dust settle because you don't want to make a decision on, on the high of a visit. And then it just becomes a true North Carolina NC State battle. I think, though, 
that once the high of the UNC official kind of wore off, NC State had to leave at that point. And I think it was a matter of he, he had a difficult time telling North Carolina no. If you kind of look at some of the actions, you talked about the the visit that he went for the for the practice in late July. Well, he made that. If you remember, we were, I was sitting there waiting the entire time. He came yeah. at the very end, didn't even see any of the scrimmage because he literally came when the scrimmage ended. Meanwhile, the, the night before, he was at NC State's um, Alpha Wolf camp um, and was there the whole time. So it wasn't a very good look. And when I talked to uh, Casey after that, after that, um, that practice visit, he mentioned that he didn't get a chance to spend time with the players, talked to the coaches afterwards. Sounded like he didn't spend a whole lot of time at, in Chapel Hill that day. Yeah. So anyway, um, the thing was, was that he kept on telling North Carolina, hey, you know, you're going to be the selection. You're going to be the selection all the way up until at least Thursday night. He announced on Saturday. He was telling UNC they were going to be the selection. They were going to be the selection. And obviously he's telling NC State the same thing. And that just kind of added to the whole like, you know. um, And then, you know, know, at the game, the whole thing as far as the announcement, I I, I wish he would have done it differently. Um, He like literally right before kickoff kind of just, said it with a bunch of media around him. There was no like cer- like true ceremony. Yeah. But from what I was told from people who were there, he was decked out in NC State gloves, NC State socks, NC State headband. This is before he even announced. So it yeah. was pretty obvious what he was going to do if you were at that game. So he picked NC State. Okay. Well, there you have it. Kevin Concepcion becomes a, a Wolfpack. Uh, and the Wolfpack media celebrated um, they did cause, celebrate because they beat uh, they beat Carolina for a recruit. There you have it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, some of the, I mean, some of those guys are super fans, you know, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, unfortunate because yeah. it gives it gives people in our position a um, a bad name because we try to be, you know, objective and cover recruiting. But some of those guys just can't just can't hold it back. Can't keep it in their pants. You know what I mean? So, oh, not me. said that. Uh, and look. NC State's a, a fine football program that has won a lot in the last five years, I guess, uh, with Diamond Dave Dorn. So they went up, they win a recruiting battle against Tar Heels. It's going to happen. I mean, you have two in state programs that are both playing, you know, both kind of trying to not be mediocre. So you're going to have some in state battles that go their way. All right. We'll move on past him. Well, you I'll... said you had a question. Yeah. This is unrelated to that, though. Ah, uh, uh, gotcha. I thought this was all connected. But this is, this, this is good. This is what this will lead right into it before we go to the team stuff. All right, so this is from a buddy of mine, uh, very into recruiting, very into UNC football, uh, season ticket holder, all that good stuff. All right, the question is, can Mac Brown recover from last season on the recruiting trail? So UNC went 6-7 and seven last year, a couple bad losses, kind of stopped the momentum after going to the Orange Bowl and kind of turning up. They went 6-7 and seven last year. Can Mac recover from last season on the recruiting trail? There's lots of negative recruiting that has been effective for the 23 class and the 24 class. You know, trying not to get um, – they're not getting, like, that level of recruit as we talked about earlier in the podcast. What's going to have to happen for them to get back to that area where they're landing four stars and five stars and competing with the likes of Georgia, Clemson, um, the, the bigger schools that are or that are at least in the fold for some of those big-name recruits? So, obviously, it's a change of perception. And that can easily be done by winning on the football field. How many wins, what the wins look like, what the losses look like, all that sort of stuff factors into this. Um, I think what what North Carolina needs to have happen is is to 
win more than they they are expected to win. I mean, really, I mean, if they went completely undefeated, which would include beating um, Notre Dame and beating uh, uh, probably Clemson in, in the title game, then, yeah, I mean, that, that would definitely put North Carolina back on the perception of, you know, eventually challenging for a national championship, which is what I think uh, Mac Brown was selling for a while there. Um, but obviously we, if we're being realistic, that's not going to happen. So it's just how far, how many losses can, can they have to where they get back to that point? That's so difficult to, to kind of say, but you know, winning will go a long way. Cause I think what really hurt is, as, as I mentioned was Mac was selling North Carolina's national is a sleeping giant can win a national championship. And then you had last season where they looked nothing close to that at all and it was yeah. a huge step backwards yeah and like that was supposed to be a big year with sam howell yeah. jr you had the talent they did lose a lot and i think the losses of michael carter javante williams dami brown daz brown daz newsom was a lot mm-hmm. impacted them more than they thought so here's the deal i think if they beat texas a&m which they were right there you know they would have been nine it was a covid year or something like that so it, was, it would have been nine and four or something like that that looks a lot different than eight and five or whatever that was that but year. But I think that the way that they so so here's where the wins and losses stuff. I think that UNC was competitive in that game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so even though they lost, I don't think it hurt them that much. The South Carolina lost though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't let me finish. Awful. You, you didn't let me finish my but, point. Okay, I'm sorry. So they, so they, they get that nine and four season or whatever it would have been beating Texas A&M. Okay, they take that momentum into um, the 2021 season. Now, that's where they drop the ball. You know, losing Virginia Tech like they did on the road with all that hype, getting killed by Georgia Tech, Florida State, and then losing the close games. Look, if they beat Pitt, which went to overtime, they beat State, which they lost in the last two minutes, you know, you're looking at instead of a – and then they beat – or, you know, beat South Carolina or at least, you know, a respectable against South Carolina. That's two more wins. So you're looking at eight and four, you know, instead of six and seven. Or my math there is a little off, but – you know, those close wins, they got, and you can't be losing Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is down. Florida State's been down. They've lost Florida State back to back years. Like, if UNC wants to recruit a high level, they're going to have to stop. They're going to have to always beat teams like Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Virginia, always beat Duke. You know, they should be beating Wake. You know, and in the close games, the ones against Miami or, or NC State or, you know, Pitt's been up a little bit. So, yeah, it, it, I guess it does come down to, to wins and losses and just like, the floor should be eight wins, seven, eight wins, and the ceiling should be nine, ten wins. And the floor, are you are you there? You're frozen. There oh, you okay. Sorry. We're right. good now. Did you hear everything? I, I heard everything. You were frozen, but I heard okay. everything. You were frozen too. Whatever. We won't cut this. Um, the ceil- the the bottom right now, the bottom needs to be like seven and seven wins, eight wins. The ceiling needs to be nine, ten, maybe one year get eleven wins, twelve wins. But right now the floor is like is six. You like that? That's like that's the base level where like if things go wrong, six wins. If things go right, maybe seven, eight, nine wins. It needs you gotta kind of flip that up and make it a little bit higher. That's when you when you get eight wins consistently, then maybe nine, ten wins. That's when you can start landing those big time recruits. Yes, absolutely. Because I think now before it's you know, the new coach is always able to to sell promise because mm-hmm. they can always dismiss the prior seasons as I wasn't the coach. Then now Mac Brown has to kind of live with what he has done as the coach the past couple of 
years at at UNC. You know yeah. what I mean? And look, it, he's he's recruited great last three last three cycles. Yeah. So those players, great recruiting classes, top fifteen, I think, in a row, three top fifteen classes, I think, or maybe three top twenty. Yeah. Those guys, it, you should see it on the field, and that kind of starts this year when you have guys like Miles Murphy, um, Desmond Evans, Tony Grimes as juniors. And I think the other thing too is that the that UNC benefited a lot that that twenty twenty one class in state was historically under in the you know the the internet era was the best class in state. Since then, there's been a huge drop off. Yeah. Now last year. They were able to dip into Virginia, which Virginia had a really good um, class, and they were able to steal all of those those kids and help them with with that class. This year, Virginia's down, North Carolina's down, and then next year is not looking. I mean, we we still have some things co- that could pop up, new guys can pop up, and all that, but it's not looking all that great for the in-state classes yeah. in in North Carolina, and Virginia. So that's, that's the other thing that that Mac Brown's battling. Yeah, that's a great point. When when North Carolina high school, when the high school class in North Carolina, Virginia, are higher, UNC has a greater chance of landing those four and five stars. That's what happened in twenty one, twenty two. Um, so, I guess it's up to the high schoolers. Um, all right, good stuff. Good question there. I mean, that's a broad topic of discussion that has a lot of factors to play. I think NIL now mm-hmm. plays a that's bigger a role. Some yeah. of the bigger schools are handling NIL a better. Mm-hmm. It's tough to talk about because I don't really know everything about that. Um, and, and kind of where the money comes from and how it's distributed. I think different schools are doing it different ways. Yeah, different states have different laws. Someone was telling me that uh, Illinois, who stole that kid, that uh, Zach Toby from North Carolina, that underneath their state laws, and I, so I don't know if this is this is true. This is what I was told, so, so um, don't quote me on this, but I was told that the um, the coaches can actually negotiate the NIL deals with the recruits, whereas other states that isn't the case, which is yeah. kind of interesting to look at. It's a wild west, so whatever loopholes you can find, you got to do it. And I mean, there's some schools that are like giving essentially a salary to every player on the roster. I've heard, yeah. I've heard of that being options, whatever. That's a whole different podcast. We need to have somebody on that can actually talk about it. Maybe someone like um, uh, Pat Pat Suttis, like who can kind of tell us what UNC can or cannot do. Yeah, no, that'd yep. be a good idea for an off-season yep. sort of thing. For sure. All right, let's get into the team stuff. I'm heading over to Keenan Stadium here at 1030 for 11 o'clock um, press conference with Mac Brown. I, we we believe he's going to announce the quarterback then. We'll have a better idea what's going on at quarterback. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Drake May. Okay. Uh, that's everything we've heard. So, uh, But it, from what Mac said last week, it sounds like they're going to have Jacoby Criswell ready to go and you know, they, they may at times play two. I, I would not be surprised to see both against Florida A&M. Um, just to, I, they got to keep Criswell around. I think Criswell's really good, too. So the, the thing about well, I Criswell, just feel like I feel like playing a team like Florida A&M that you almost have to kind of if it were me, I would use that as another opportunity to evaluate the quarterbacks. I, so I wouldn't make a final decision today. I would make a final decision after that game. There you go. Maybe that happens. I just feel um, like the quarterback position, why we make so many bad decisions is that quarterbacks look different in practice than they look in games. Yeah. And there's certain things, you know, the improv stuff, you you can't see so much in practice, but you could definitely see more in games. But that's just me. Live bullets. Um, so I want to go through this, the, the schedule with you, Don, quickly. We okay. have about, about five, ten minutes left. Um, you know, we've all the other podcasts are breaking down. You have a schedule podcast, preview podcast on the beat. Get all your analysis there. This is the Don Callahan podcast. I'm going to go through each game. 
Okay. And I want Don to pick each one. I'll keep a little record here. And, should I um, should I just pick you and see every game so that they I'll get uh no, I want, you up be, on I want you to be honest. Dude, are you, do you cater to the masses or do you want to be honest to yourself? Yeah, let's just be honest. I like yeah. honesty. It's the best policy. There you go. All right. Ready? Yep. All right. Florida AM, Saturday, August 27th. Win. Okay. Apps, <laughs> App State. I'm going win. I know some people are thinking lost there. I'm going win. Okay. Tough yeah. One, that, if that's a loss, that's bad news, Bears, because you got to go, you got to start 3 0. Yeah, and, Apps just has a tough team to play, yeah, especially and, in App. Yeah, it's 12 p.m. Uh, it's going to be rowdy. You know, they're lucky they didn't get a 3.30 or, or 6 yeah. or 8, 8 kick. But, as, I mean, that's the biggest game. I've been saying this all offseason. It's the biggest game in App State Boone history with UNC. I think the, it's really the, close, the though. Flag, the flagship school. Yeah, it could be a close game. And, look, when it's close games, the crowd gets in it, um, and that's dangerous. So, but yeah. I agree that if it was like an 8 o'clock game, it might be a little bit different. With, yeah, with the fans, I think that definitely would make have a bigger factor. Uh, all the moonshine up there, the mountain guys drinking moonshine. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding around. All right, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, Georgia State in uh, Atlanta. Win. Okay. Um, all Although right, I so, think it will be tougher than what what people expect, but I it's I think it should be an easy win. All right, and then a bye week, um, and then at home, kind of I think. This is more like the home opener, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the one where everybody comes in town. Uh, Notre Dame in Chapel Hill. I don't think the time is set. I don't think it is. What you got there? Um, well, the other thing I want to point out is this is the game that a lot of recruits are saying they want to come to. So, mm-hmm. I'm going loss. Okay. I think, yeah, I, I mean, think they're ranked number Notre five. Da- yeah, I mean, um, I think Notre Dame has their quarterback situation figured out. And, uh, you know... They have a good defense. They have some good players. I mean, they've recruited well through the years, um, recruiting really well this year. Um, yeah, so I'm going Notre Dame. Okay, Virginia Tech win. at home. So back-to-back home game, Virginia Tech, October 1st. I think they win that one. Well, that should be a good game. That'd be a good game to go to. Yeah. Um, October 1st, a little bit cooler. Get a giant T-shirt, sweatshirt. Uh, Virginia Tech, you think they win? Okay, new coach there, Brent Pry. I met mm-hmm. him at the AC Media Day. I call Brent Pry. He's like, He's like Larry Fedora light, JV Larry Fedora. I, I think that he was a good hire for Virginia Tech, and I actually think I expect him to do well at Virginia Tech. Yep. He was very personable. He's high energy. He had the same energy that Larry Fedora had. Good-looking dude, stylish, um, you know, very likable when you talk to him in person. So, um, Brent Pry. Okay, you have that as, as a win. Win for North Carolina, Okay, yes. so right now in October, uh, going into Miami – Don has UNC four and one. All right. October 8th, heading down to Hard Rock Stadium Wait, versus that... what? Okay, you're right. No, yeah. three and one, is it not? Four and one. Okay. All right. right? You haven't beating the app, right? Uh, uh, app, Virginia Tech. It's, and... four and one. it's four and one. Okay. Florida right. AM, App State, Georgia State, lost to Notre Dame, beat Virginia Tech. Three and Okay. All right. Good. Can't add. All right. October 8th at Miami. Uh, loss. Okay. Yeah. I mean, on paper, I mean, at uh, Miami. But Max has been very good against my. I don't think Max lost to Miami. Yeah. I mean, Miami is always the, the, like on paper, Miami should be like just about everyone they've ever played the past like 20 years. They just don't. They they just don't. So, um, I'm. New coach down there, too. Yeah. New coach. 
gets it together, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Mario Cristobal. Now that's going to change the recruiting down there for sure. Yeah. Okay. Then back to North Carolina, but they play Duke um, on October 15th in uh, a packed Wallace Wade Stadium. Loss. Just kidding. Win. Um, Duke's Duke is Duke is awful. Um, and and uh, new coach really, I think he's, I think he could do some things, maybe make a really good defense there eventually, but that's just such a tough situation. Did I tell you what the Duke coach said to me? No. What do you say? I said this on another podcast. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal, but obviously be talking about it makes a big deal. I would, I know their SID pretty well. Art chase. Uh, he's a good dude. Duke's SID was talking to him and I was leaving and my book back on was leaving Charlotte heading, heading home. You know, I was packing up. I go, Hey, nice to meet you coach. You know, welcome to North Carolina. I go, hey, I cover, you know, I cover UNC. He goes, oh, good for you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, come on, dude, what a, what a asshole thing. Well, some of them like really dive into the rivalry thing. Like, I, I was know. not trying to like be like, oh, I cover your rival. Like, oh, you're Duke, I'm UNC. It's like, I was like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm part of the media. But I cover. I just feel like some UNC. of them are just so phony with the rivalry thing. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It was this one thing you said to me. I'm not gonna, you know, hold yeah, it against yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. I'm not gonna bring it up every time I talk about him. I mean, All I've right. heard he's, I've heard he's a great dude. Yeah. Well, he's got a a, a minus for me. All right, by week October 22nd, which sets up well. Their bye weeks are set up well. You have three games and a bye before Notre Dame. You have four games and a bye before Pitt. You know, Pitt, Notre Dame, Miami would probably be the, the three toughest games on the schedule. They have Pitt at home on October 29th. I'm going to go loss. Okay, I think that's the big game that kind of can, can change the schedule between like eight wins or seven wins. Yeah. Have yeah. that loss. I also had that as a loss when I did the prediction podcast. Good. I was, I was wondering because I think Pitt's – I know everyone looks at, you know, what they lost on offense, but I think their defense is, is going to be really good. Okay, then Virginia at Virginia. New coach there too. The Clemson, the former Clemson OC. Uh loss. I, th- I, I Wow. Did, I'm sorry. Win, win, win. I'm sorry. Jesus. Um I <laughs> while I think the Brett uh Pry match was great for Virginia Tech, I think this is an awful marriage for UVA. I think What's the coach's is- name? Elliot. Yes. I was, um, I, I think was... it's an awful match. I think that there's a lot of problems there. I mean, that's why um, what's his name left was because there were some problems there. And that's why um, Anthony Point Dexter, who I used to talk to a lot, no longer talk to. Uh, but the fact that he didn't take that job to me says ah. that that's it's a mess over there. So okay. you have a win definitely to, uh... a win. Tony Elliott is the coach's name. Tony Elliott. I knew it was an Elliott. Couldn't remember which one. All right. Three more. We got to get out of here. Uh, Georgia Tech. Sorry, sorry. Wake Forest in Winston-Salem on November 12th. I am going um, I'm going win there. Wow. Okay. So you have them beating Wake at home. Where do you where do you have what do you have on, on that I, game? I put that as a loss. Now really? I think I think Wake, I think Pitt, I think State. Are all kind of toss ups. Okay. But look, I, I have no reason to trust this team. You know, I don't no, know. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think I, that I, there's going to be a game here that, that we have that, um, you know, they're going to, I feel like they're going to lose a game that they should win. And they could win a game that they're supposed to lose. Uh, yes. Agree so, 100%. So I feel so, like my, my, my wins and losses could be correct, but maybe not exactly the, uh, the outcomes. Okay. Georgia Tech back at home, November 19th. Nice little fall game before Thanksgiving weekend. 
George or like the week before Thanksgiving week, Georgia Tech in Keenan Stadium. Win. Yeah, I think that's there. That coach is on the hot seat. I think of any coach. I think Syracuse coach and Georgia Tech coach are the two coaches on the hot seat in the ACC. Yeah. And the finale Friday, Black Friday uh, against number thirteen right now, thirteen ranked NC State Wolfpack in Keenan Stadium. Uh, could be at noon, one or three thirty. I'm going to go loss. Okay. There you have it. What did, did you have for that game? I have a loss. Okay. But look, that's a toss up game for me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you have them eight and four. Yeah. I had them seven and five. So I had the, our difference was the weight game. Wait, for, wait, game. Okay. Yeah. Look, but I'll, I'll just go on record here. I think, you know, Pitt, State, Wake are my toss ups. I think the Virginia and Virginia Tech games are games they should win, but you just they've blown games like that before. Yeah. You know, I think they, you know, if they were if they looking really good, they go down to Miami and get a get a win. So and then I think they, like I said, they could beat Pitt or State. Yeah. So I think the range is anywhere between six and nine. Um, and I think that's over under set at seven point five. So yeah. I think seven or eight is where most people have them going. Sound good? Yep. Sounds awesome. So All right, Don. Get out I, of here. I think we're doing a show next week. Um, because you and I, yeah, just because of schedule. So I don't know, it's coast to coast. We alternate. The plan of the season is to alternate coast and coast. So like one week we have a pod, next week coast to coast goes because we're both recruiting podcasts. But to get that going, we have to go back to back, which is fine. Um, because we will, uh, I think, have a couple commitments to talk about next week. Are you predicting? Uh, just based on what you've told me. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm out of here, guys. Make sure you listen to all the other podcasts. Subscribe to Inside Carolina on Facebook. Where sorry, on yeah, on Facebook, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and of course, check out our new show, Calling the Shots, uh, featuring myself and Jeff Schottmer. Uh, giant t shirt, blue shark vodka for Don Callahan and Ross Martin.